Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Health and loneliness. That's our topic. The two of them are connected more than we've ever realized. It's becoming increasingly clear to scientists, social scientists particularly, that one's health is drastically and directly affected by the degree to which the person includes other people in their lives and are connected with other people rather than disconnected. It affects both physical as well as mental health. New research is expanding our understanding of the ways in which relationships influence cancer, heart disease, depression, and addiction, to name a few. That evidence is leading psychologists to strengthen the bond between people and to do so through public health priority and policy. In other words, there's an attempt to bring this to the national attention of our legislators and our people and help them design ways and to uh, encourage ways to connect people and to value the connection we have with people. It is not an exaggeration to say that the lack of social connections can be deadly. Strong social relationships increase the likelihood of survival by 50% regardless of age, sex, or health status, or racial factors, or cultural factors, etc. Just catch that again. Strong social relationships increase the likelihood of survival by 50%. Okay? In other words, it's life-saving. It's life-giving. That finding was discovered when a particular researcher, Juliana Holt Lundstad from Brigham Young University, read 148 different research studies in this area of health and social connectedness and drew the conclusion that we increase our survival as we increase the number of people in our lives. Now, here's the problem we have uh, in America. People are becoming increasingly lonely, increasingly disconnected. We have a lack of social companionship. It's widespread in America. In the United States, 20% to 43% of adults over the age of 60 experience frequent or intense loneliness, according to one study. Some 30% of the U.S. married couples report severe disconnect in their relationships. So in other words, we are a culture, we are a country where disconnection is becoming increasingly the case. Here's a study for you that says the size of the American uh, connections, the social network, the social relationships of the average American has now declined by a third since 1985. Now I remember in the 1980s that the average person had something like seven to ten fairly close friends, but would have about another uh, group of 
friends that would be, oh, maybe 70, that they would know or have some familiarity with or some uh, level of involvement, but not real close. So they went from 70 people in their lives down to about 7 to 10, and that the average person could name maybe one or two or three very, very close friends. And what we're finding now is that number 70 is decreasing. People don't know as many people as they used to know. And they don't have close relationships like they used to have. It's decreased by a third. So the American population is experiencing social disconnect. You've got to pay a price for that. And uh, the sooner we wake up to this fact, the sooner we do something about it as a country, but the sooner we do something about it as an individual and as a family, the better. Now, social connections. How does this all kind of come about? How does this work? Well, social connections can affect health through biological pathways, such as the immune system of the individual. In other words, if loneliness or isolation or disconnect is a stress issue for you, creates stress, then that increases the stress hormone. And that begins to break down the immune system of the body which leads to ill health. In other words, it's a, it's a pathway, if you will, from social disconnect to the breakdown of the immune system and the development of various types of ill health. It's important that we have uh, social connections. It affects our mood, or it affects our coping skills, affects our motivations. It affects the way that we live, the quality of our life, and the quality of our health is directly related to social connections. So, now, what about children? What about children? Well, we find that supportive relationships in children can buffer their ill health well into the future. Children experiencing comforting, emotional, significant relationships with parents and others and close family members tend to have a better health profile that goes well in not only to childhood, but adolescence and into adulthood. So children need and thrive on their close relationships within their family to start with and then beyond the family. Same with college students. If they came from a home that had caring parents, they had a lower risk of heart disease than those college students that came from homes where the parents were disconnected or absent or not even there. But there certainly was a um, absence of real close bonding with the college student. Close bonding with a parent is critical. With children, it's critical with college students as well. <clears throat> now, when we look at this issue of uh, children uh, that have warm and supportive home environments, they have good family communications, those kids have better management of their chronic illnesses if they are ill, such as asthma, diabetes, uh, 
congenital heart disease, and so on. So a kid that not only has or has close bonding and close affection and close relationship with his family not only has better health overall, but if he is unhealthy, if he has a disease, he manages that disease far better and it's less devastating than it would be otherwise. Now a little while ago I mentioned about heart disease and um, the fact that Heart disease is much more likely to occur with people who do not have close relationships and don't have a bond. Here's an interesting study from the University of Utah. People in secure, committed, romantic relationships. Now catch that. People in a secure, committed, romantic relationship have fewer risk factors for heart disease than those that do not have those kind of close relationships and close bonds. If you have relationship discord, you're more likely to be at a higher risk for heart disease. And health researchers should consider the link between those factors in a new light. In other words, we want to show, we want to be able to help people understand that factors such as anger, hostility, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, all boost the likelihood of heart disease, and boost the factor, or, or boost the fact that that heart disease will be more devastating and more destructive if it does occur. You see, disconnect with people, loneliness, isolation, withdrawal having times of loneliness is as bad on your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's as bad as your health as living life with no exercise. It's as bad on your health as having a poor diet that you eat on a daily basis. In other words, loneliness has now come to the fore in our understanding that it will either promote health or it will degrade our quality of health. So relationships are important. Intimate relationships are important. Close relationships are bonded relationships or family relationships are important. Extended family relationships are important. These are all kinds of factors that affect health. So when you read papers and you talk to people and you think about this, ill health is not just a, f a function of being exposed to a virus or being exposed to some germs or, you know, maybe not getting enough sleep or being around somebody that has a cold or that has a flu or something like that. All those factors may be true. But we now have to open our understanding to know that our health, our general health, the quality of our health, is directly affected by loneliness, the degree of loneliness. And it's as powerful as many of the other ill health factors are that we know about these days. So chronic illness in family is extremely important. Close family relationships are extremely important. We need to do what we can to bring families together and help families come together
and spend time together. That has implications for work. You know, it has implications for vacation time. It has, really, it has implications for how you spend time together on weekends. It has a lot to do with how families have, can be creative and find time to build their bond and build their closeness and build their uh, reliance on each other as family members. We cannot be susceptible to loneliness. We cannot be susceptible to social isolation. We have to be careful that we don't withdraw and isolate because it has profound effects upon our bodies and upon our mental health and upon even our own relationships. Because if you isolate, you lose relationships. And when you lose relationships, you lose health. When you lose health, you lose relationships. And it's a vicious cycle. But here's the thing about older people. Older people are usually better at managing their social calendar. Older people tend to be better at making sure they find people to spend time with and maintain the relationships that they've had over their life and keep a social connection going in their life. Older people tend to do a little bit better than that, than younger people. So, if you're older, 60 years of age and older, make sure that you maintain your social relationships. It's easier for you to do it, but you have to deliberately do it. So I urge you, make sure that your social relationships are part of your daily calendar, part of your daily events, because your health will maintain itself with social relationships, but your health will deteriorate without social relationships. So just as social relationships are important to children, so social relationships are very important to older people. But older people can navigate this a little bit better, and often do. So I encourage you, make sure you're connected. Make sure that you're connected throughout life. Make sure you're connected within your family. Start there. Make sure you're connected within your neighborhoods. Make sure you're connected within your church. Make sure you're connected within your clubs. Make sure you're connected through your school systems. Make sure you're connected in the political system, the social systems of your community. In all areas, go, be part of, engage in, connect with people around you and take advantage of opportunities that are there. Go to your concerts. Go to band concerts. Go to choral uh, presentations. Go to lectures. Town hall lectures. I mean, do all these things. Go to church. Make sure that you're where people are. And there's a phrase that you need to capture. It's be where the action is. Because where the action is, people are. People are there. So be where the action is. That's a life pattern. That's a life story. It's a life motto and it's a life desire and a life goal. Be where the action is. It'll serve you well. Hey, nice to be with you today on the topic, social isolation and health. Now, let me just uh, bring to your attention one of the sponsors of the program. Crisis pregnancy centers around the world. In Fresno, we have the Pregnancy Care Center. It's located on Olive and Van Ness. And uh, if you're in a situation, if you don't know somebody's in a situation of a crisis pregnancy, 
here's a place to consult. Here are people who care. Here are people who understand. Here's people who have options, can think you, help you think through the options. So it's the Pregnancy Care Center on Olive and Van Ness in Fresno. Now, they are in other cities across the country as well. So if you are outside the Fresno area and you live in another part of the world or country, support the pregnancy center of your community. Probably it's called the Crisis Pregnancy Center, the Pregnancy Care Center, something of that nature. But support them. Send them a few bucks. They value the money they receive. They depend on the money that they received, and they operate on the money they receive. So be part of their support system. You may not have a pregnancy problem yourself or a crisis problem of that nature, but you can support them through the monies that you have and gifts that you give them so that they are available for other people who do have a crisis pregnancy and need help. So I refer you to them and uh, send them a few bucks this week, okay? And bye for now.